Hello and welcome to Warwick Podcasts. I'm here today with Dr. Dave Chandler from HRI at Warwick University. Dave is a microbiologist and entomologist and conducts research into invertebrate microbial interactions. In short, how microbes affect invertebrates. In particular, Dave's area of research is focusing on honeybees. Globally, the honeybee population is suffering serious declines, and this is largely due to the aptly named Varroa destructor mite. This has dire consequences for the pollination of commercial crops and wild plants. However, Dave and his colleagues may have identified a biological control strategy, that is, using one organism to control the other, and using this strategy to kill the varroa mite. First of all, Dave, can you give me an overview of your research and what you're trying to do here? Yeah, sure. So, as you were saying, I'm a microbiologist and I'm also an entomologist and I study the diseases of invertebrates, in particular insects and mites, which seems a bit weird, But just in the same way that you get diseases caused by microorganisms, then invertebrates get exactly the same thing. They're really common in nature. Um, If we go outside and uh, sample leaves or soil, we'll find lots of microorganisms that naturally kill invertebrates. And we can actually use them to our advantage for biological pest control. So... I'm particularly interested in bees and I've worked with colleagues at Rothamsted Research on bees for about the last 10 years and in particular we have an interest in the varroa mite which is an ectoparasite of honeybees. Um, It's not natural to the United Kingdom. It arrived in the UK in 1992. It actually is normally a pest of an Asian honeybee, but it jumped to European honeybees about 100 years ago, and since then it's spread around the world, and it's really damaging to bees. It feeds on their blood, and it activates and transmits viruses, and um, it's devastating to bee populations. The concerning thing for us is that it's developed resistance to chemical pesticides and so now chemical pesticides which many beekeepers have relied on for varroa control aren't effective so we need alternatives. So the alternative we have been looking on is these natural microorganisms and how we can use them as biological control agents. How does this apply to um, commercial plants and crops? How crucial is this research? Okay so so varroa mite has uh, devastated bee populations around the world and honeybees, as many people know, are, are critically important for the pollination of crops and for wild plants as well. My concern really is that with the intensification of agriculture, then we rely more and more on honeybees because honeybees are managed and are looked after by people. And so if we have a reduction in honeybee populations, then it obviously has an adverse effect on crop pollination and the value of honeybees in this country for crop pollination has been estimated about 163 million so it's a vast sum of money so if the mite is affecting honeybee populations adversely it's going to have a knock-on effect on agriculture. Mm. And how will this fungi help protect the bees? Okay so so we need to control the varroa mite we can't use chemical pesticides anymore because it's resistant so we need alternatives so we've been looking at these microorganisms which infect invertebrates as the biological control alternative so in essence what we've done is a gigantic screening program these microorganisms are common in the environment we've identified 
pathogenic fungi as the prime candidates and we've identified strains of fungi which will kill the mites on bees but which don't kill bees and which don't have an adverse effect on other non-target organisms and which work under the quite restrictive and difficult conditions that you find within a honeybee, namely high temperatures and low humidity. So I suppose the next problem is how do you get this fungi or fungi as you call it to the bees? Yeah, well, the fungus works by producing spores. Um, They're microscopic. They're about six thousandths of a millimetre across. They're very small. And you know the the science fiction film Alien? Well, uh, this fungus works in exactly the same way. Um, The spores have got the ability to stick onto my cuticle and once they stick onto it they germinate and they grow inside and they kill it then they burst outside it it it, it just like the film aliens with the alien parasite in it what we need to do is find a way of delivering large quantities of that fungal inoculum to the mites that control bees. And that's really the challenge for our next stage of research because a beehive is actually almost an open environment. It, it's frames of honeycomb and it has an open bottom. So if you apply fungal spores onto mites which are living on bees in a normal way, then they'll just fall all the way to the bottom and most of it will be wasted. So we've come up with a number of different application systems and, and technologies and one is this 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 nice phrase the fungal foot bath so Biological disease control and biological pest control is actually quite widespread in agriculture and horticulture. And some people are using microorganisms to control diseases of plants on flowers. And they're using as a delivery system honeybees. So they've developed almost like a foot bath which they put at the front of the hive. And as honeybees leave, they pick up the control agent and deliver it to flowers where it's required. We're using it the opposite way round. So our concept is to have a reverse foot bath bees come into the hive, pick up the fungal spores and then they naturally distribute them throughout the hive because bees groom and they communicate with each other very effectively all the time. But we are considering other application systems as well, so for example paper-based formulations because bees like chewing through paper so they could actually dose themselves or there's granules, there's, there's powders, there's all kinds of things you can do. But it, but it is a challenge, I've actually brought with me um, some mites and I've actually got some dead bees here in a tube, so you can let me put them on the table. So you so you can see these honeybees here, and you can see these mites. These are these are how big they are. They're like they're like little crabs. Can you see they're they're about two millimeters across? Right. Yeah. Um, for the benefit of the listeners, um, there, there are three dead bees under. The mites do. They, they look like fleas almost. They do look like fleas. Yeah. They're, they're actually when you look at them close up they they look like tiny crabs but mm. but compared to a bee they're quite big so so if 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 you were a bee one of these mites would be the size of a dinner plate crawling all over you these actually they reproduce within the the cells of the beehive they re- mm. reproduce on larval bees and um then they emerge as the as a Adult bee move, uh, emerges from the, mm-hmm. from the pupal cell and then they spread throughout the honeybees. So the, the challenge is to try and get enough of these fungal spores onto the bees when, when they're accessible. Obviously this poses a challenge and it's, um, it's a very innovative solution to the problem, but is it safe to introduce a new organism into the bee population and the plant population as well? Or is this something which you'll also need to look at? 
you've actually asked me a really complex question, but do these organisms that we're using are naturally common in the environment. All we're doing is, is taking stuff that's already in the environment and then growing it up in the lab and applying the fungus in much larger quantities than would normally be found in 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 a natural environment mm. and it's an inundative strategy to apply it in large quantities the concept is that it's all used almost as a as a pesticide it controls a mite and then it dies back to the natural carrying capacity of the ecosystem mm. so we've looked at strains which naturally occur within united kingdom but there is an issue about um, could we safely use strains which are not native to the United Kingdom? I believe we can do that. I don't believe there's any ecological risk whatsoever, but it's something we need to be aware of. Mm. With all technologies, we need to be careful, and that's something we're keen to address. So so in addition to our applied research and strategic research, we actually do fundamental research. So, for example, we, we have a, a detailed research programme where we're actually looking at the population genetics mm of these insect pathogenic fungi and looking at how they vary in different countries and also within countries as well. And that kind of basic biogeographical information is crucial for risk evaluation of these kinds of products. Mm. And of course this research is extremely beneficial to the environment. It has a positive impact. Well, it will have a positive environmental impact by hopefully um, helping preserve bee populations. But also... And it may seem like an esoteric concept, but it, but I think fundamentally it's important to try and develop biologically based solutions to, to problems in agriculture. So working with nature rather than work against it. And that's not to say that I'm against chemical pesticide use at all, because they're extremely important. But we need to use them in a sustainable way. And, and so far we've failed to do that. Um, just to move on, this and other surrounding issues will be discussed at the forthcoming Society of Invertebrate Pathology at the International Conference, which is happening at University of Warwick. What do you hope to achieve from this meeting? Well, I'm very, very pleased that we're actually hosting the 41st annual meeting of the SIP at Warwick in August. This is an international meeting occurs every year where experts from all around the world in invertebrate pathology gather to discuss their science. We are holding a plenary session on colony collapse disorder, mm. which you may have heard of. It's a, it's a syndrome which has affected bees, particularly in the United States, where colonies just disappear, particularly over winter. And in the States in the last couple of years, they've lost in areas 30 to 50 percent of their colonies. And people are concerned that this colony collapse disorder is actually spreading around the world and threatens bee populations globally. We have the world's experts on CCD, on bee pathogens and on bee genetics coming to Warwick to actually highlight their research. And I think it's it really is a tremendous opportunity for world experts to get together and, and discuss the future of bee health. And after all, as we said a few minutes ago, bees are crucial for pollination services, not just for agriculture, but for wild plants as well. Well, very important research and the best of luck. Thank you very much. Thank you.